hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Wijen. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. Nice to be back on Podbean, Audible, Stitcher, Double Twist. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to the show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. Unfortunately, the weather has just been cloudy and rainy and wet, but I guess April showers bring May flowers. Hopefully that's the case uh, while taking a couple lumps this week against Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, almost won that one, though. That was kind of fun until the end, I guess. And uh, Nashville Predators, yeah, that's a little cloudy and dreary right there. Two and two this past week. So we had a couple of great games. One mm, bummer, we almost had it type of game and still got a point out of it. And then got absolutely shellacked by the Nashville Predators again. I would say the most, the, by far the inferior team of the three or four teams here we played. And come on, I don't know, it's just becoming a crappy matchup. They've been a headache for a while, but occasionally we'd have a good game against them. Now it's like, not anymore. Kind of like the St. Louis Blues last year. The great part is the most likelihood we'll be playing Nashville or St. Louis in the first round of the playoffs. So, well, nobody said it would be easy, did they? Minnesota Wild at 91 points at the moment, 69 total games played, 43 victories, 21 losses, 5 OTLs or shootout or whatever the crap it is. Colorado's already got 50 wins and 106 points, maybe about where Kirill Kaprizov's point total will be at the end of the season because he continues to score goals. Now 40 on the season. Absolutely spectacular. And, of course, the aforementioned Kirill Kaprizov, like I said, 40 goals, 47 assists to go along with it, 87 total points, an all-time single-season record for Minnesota. We'll be talking a bit about that off and on during the course of the show. Still in course for 103 points. Of course, he only missed one game with what looked like a scary injury earlier in the season. Unfortunately, other guys have been out. Uh, Matt Boldy with an upper body injury. Uh, Matt Dumba very recently now against the National Predators. With, uh, yeah, interesting situation there. Looks like shoulder or collarbone, and it didn't look good, apparently, according to uh, Coach Dean Evison. So, here we go. Uh, John Merrill may have possibly broken his wrist. There's rumors that Marcus Felino has a broken hand. He's been really hurt this season a lot and still been playing through a lot of injuries throughout the course of the season. I mean, that's Felino for you. He's just been a survivor. It'll, it's scary to think of what type of injuries he just might have out there, and he's still playing. Uh, Merrill, we'll see. He uh, he's been skating, but of course, when it might be your broken, uh, might be a broken bone, broken wrist, whatever, up, up upper body. Of course, you can skate. Boldy also upper body, upper body, up 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 up. So injuries are injuries, and they suck. So that's the unfortunate reality of it all. <laughs> We've had some good days, some bad days. And uh, last night when uh, <laughs> Marc-Andre Fleury gave up a bunch of goals, it weren't exactly his fault. Uh, the play in front of him looked like the Gophers versus Union. Let's try not to replay that this weekend as the Minnesota Gophers hopefully get to the championship game and get the job done this time around. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll talk about that in the later stages of the second segment. You'll notice I'm recording on Wednesday, recording and releasing the show on Wednesday, not Thursday because... Tomorrow, there's some extra work I have to do help to help my parents out with something that's just... It's one of those things where you have to pick something up from the state fair, and you have to get it now on this day. There is nothing you can do. It is not negotiable. You are getting it now at this day, period. So guess what? No Brave the Wild, but it's on Wednesday. And thankfully, the schedule for Nashville and all that, playing Nashville on Tuesday, adds up perfectly fine, which half the time I might as well be able to be flexible. So that's the case there. This show is going to be similar to last week's Hopefully with less babbling, but uh, who knows? Uh, it is what it is. Joey, Joey babbles sometimes, but I guess that's radio for you. I don't know why we can't beat Nashville. It, it's annoying. It's stupid. Uh, and the penalty kill got their ass handed to them. We'll get back to that very shortly. And, of course, Dumba uh, was ish- actually injured while checking McCarron. So, interesting situation there. Kirill Kaprizov breaking all the all-time records. And, again, we'll talk more about that in the... We're going to move that into the... Into the... Uh, Fan Interaction segment because I posted some things up there. I, I, I guess I could talk about it now. It's not like it's not like there were any responses to it. Just likes, likes, and retweets. So that's totally fine. Um, the single season record for points in Minnesota NHL history, meaning the North Stars as well, is Bobby Smith of all people. Bobby Smith? Huh. You know, you think it would be like a Cicerelli, uh, somebody like that. A Cicerelli, maybe Brian Bellows, maybe. 
Uh, Neil Broughton had a 100-point season mixed in there. Only one 100-point season for Neil Broughton. Only one 100-point season for Bobby Smith. Cicerelli had at least two. Uh, but Broughton had 98 during that 81-82 season. The strong, awesome year after the Minnesota North Stars went on their huge playoff run to the cup final only to run into the dynasty known as the New York Islanders. Unfortunately, they would have had to have done the same in 81-82. But it's kind of similar to the National Predators. How they made that miracle run to the cup final and they lost to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, and then the next year, they had the best record in the league and lost in the first round. Minnesota North Stars had, had won their division and lost in the first round. Not the best record in the league, but a damn good record. And J.P. Parisi was one of the assistant coaches with Glenn Sonmore during those days. 114 points is the all-time single-season scoring record for Minnesota North Stars slash Minnesota Wild history, or Minnesota NHL history. And ironically, the second-highest scoring season in history was Dino Cicerelli that same year with 106 so that was a great, great North Stars team. Dino Cicerelli also added 138 penalty minutes because he was a feisty son of a gun. He was only 21 years of age. Bobby Smith was 23. Can you imagine the optimism in this team that season? This is probably the closest. This current Minnesota Wild team is probably about the closest to that team in a lot of ways with the really nice high-end young talent. Bobby Smith, 23. Dino, 21. Neil Broughton, 21. Steve Payne had 78 points, 23, point, uh, 23 years of age. Neil Broughton, 98 points. Uh, and Tino Cicerelli also ties. Well, actually, he's the first guy to do it. Brian Bellows with 55 goals. Brian Bellows had 55 goals uh, later on. I believe it was 89, much later. In a mediocre season for the North Stars, but a great season for Brian Bellows, who did not reach 100 points that year, only 99. Damn it! <laughs> but so Dino and Bobby, or excuse me, Dino and Brian Bellows, both at 55. Bobby Smith with 43. I do believe Kirill Kaprizov will pass that. So interesting stats moving forward there. And the most recent guy to make 103 points in a season for a Minnesota team was <clears throat> Dino Cicerelli during the 86-87 season. So just a couple years ago, it's not too far back as I wrote there. Lots of likes and retweets there. Thank you guys very much, especially on the likes category, because they don't want to retweet. They don't want my ugly fame. They don't want my ugly uh, name on their and their in their newsfeed. It's, it's just no, no. This is just not cool. I'm just gonna like it and go away, <laughs> right? I'm just teasing. Uh, 86, 87. So some of you weren't born yet. A lot of you weren't. I was, but I was very young. That would have been. Oh my God! I can't be that young. <laughs> I was uh, so yeah. I was in first grade at the time. So that must feel guys like that must make Dino Cicerelli and guys like that feel pretty old. I was only in first grade, 86, 87. Yes, 86, 87, and then of course uh, second grade is when the Twins won the World Series, uh, late 87 there. So yeah, um, that's the last guy to reach 100 points for any Minnesota NHL club. Obviously things kind of got really grindy. In the late 90s, the early, or the early 90s, guys were still scoring up there, way up there, like the Gretzky's, Lemieux's and stuff, and then it just stopped. Like, nobody was getting 100 points, and then, like, maybe one or two guys, like, wow, we got 100 points. Late 90s, early 2000s, when the Wild first kind of uh, came onto the scene, nobody was getting 100 points. And then, yeah, when, like, a Sidney Crosby was doing it, it's like, wow, 100 points. So, yeah, the Wild, zero players have ever reached 100 points, zero players that ever reached 84 and uh, now we have a guy with 87 in Kirill the Thrill because he's for real. Yeah, you saw what I did there? Wasn't that cool? Okay, not really. <laughs> Get back to where I need to be. A victory over the, and this was in March, a oh, loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Kind of a bit of a back-and-forth game. Pittsburgh took a 3-1 to lead in this one and a breakdown defensively into the uh, overtime period. And also, I don't know what happened. Kem Talbot was kind of unfortunately sliding away from the post as he had his leg outstretched to just kind of block the shot, obviously, like typical, you know, trying to block the shot from uh, one of the legendary players of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Malkin, with only his 17th goal because he's hurt every 10 seconds, poor guy, and it's been that way for about five years now, and I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> Most Penguins fans or Penguins observers like us would, uh, would notice that. Um... Cam Tobot, it was just, it is what it is. He was sliding, and there's nothing he could do kind of type of situation. It was such a damn bummer. The Wild ended up losing the one, uh, this one. Will Kaprizov with his 38th goal in this one, officially. Dumba had a goal early on. That was reviewed, but clearly it was a goal. There's nothing Pittsburgh could argue there. Uh, Ricard Raquel, wonderful addition to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Again, former Anaheim Duck, and a guy a lot of people compare have, have compared to uh, Jules Eriksson-Eck. 
So obviously, Jules Erickson-Eck actually has more points this year than Ricard Raquel. So very nice story with Jules Erickson-Eck this season. We'll talk about him in the Capitals game where he capitalized against the Capitals. Cool. Uh, Frederick Goudreau with his 10th goal of the season. But again, uh, John Merrill was hurt in this game. Matt Boldy hurt in this game. Just too many Christmas. And then uh, Jason Zucker also hurt. Looked like groin related. Um, and a, Gosh, he had just returned after missing, what, 30 games. So that was kind of heartbreaking. And again, the Wild ended up losing the game. So for the sake of time, let's get going. A little frustrating, unfortunately. But it's just one of those what can you do type of games. I mean, damn it. But uh, I had picked the Wild to beat Pittsburgh, lose to Carolina and Washington, and then beat Nashville. All right, so I was over 4. So sue me. <laughs> yeah, I was over 4. Yeah. Yes, and yes, you can sue me. But no, please don't sue me. I don't have the money right now. I, I really don't. Please don't sue me. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Carolina. Carolina, yeah, I'm not getting a million dollars a year to do Brave the Wild. I'm not getting a million pennies a year to do Brave the Wild either. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Coming to Excel Energy Center. No, actually, we had to their building. And we they only managed one goal against Minnesota. Wonderful night for Marc-Andre Fleury, of course, again. And this was still, yep, he had not gotten his new pads yet. He still had those brownish, tan-colored Chicago Blackhawks-type pads. Pretty cool. Pretty cool look, though, at least with Chicago. With us, it looks kind of weird. You'll see his new look against Nashville. and didn't debut very well, unfortunately for him, because the team in front of him played like crud. But nice, solid overall team play in this one. Uh, Carolina did have a goal disallowed because Nino Niederreiter was basically falling into Marc-Andre Fleury. Him and uh, Fleury were having, were having a bit of a conversation. It didn't look too vulgar. I have no idea <clears throat> what was really being said there. I couldn't read their lips. So it is what it is in that one. But an unbelievable, solid defensive performance and a spectacular goaltending performance by Marc-Andre Fleury. He made some great saves in this game um, as this is where we really got to see the real Marc-Andre Marc Fleury, or MAF, Mother Bleeper. No, I'm kidding. We got to see Marc-Andre Fleury play some great hockey in this one. Play very goaltending. Uh, stopped 37 of 38 shots in this game. Frederick Anderson, as I've often said, the uh, Jacob Markstrom of the Eastern Conference was beat pretty often in this game, and the Wild put some nice shots on net, but it definitely wasn't Frederick Anderson's best game, facing only 19 shots against a very, very strong Carolina team. Uh, Wild are able to muster three goals and get the job done. Marc-Andre Fleury absolutely great in that as Wild gave up way more shots than they were able to muster in this game and still came out feeling good for, uh, about themselves. Ellis Galagoski returns to the Minnesota Wild lineup with the loss of John Merrill with a possible broken bone after blocking a shot. And then Matt Boldy, upper body injury as well. Unfortunately, not blocking a shot at least <laughs> in that case. Um, Nick Bukestad has returned as well with, again, the loss of Matt Boldy. Tyson Jost moving up and playing in Boldy's spot. And looks really good, actually. Tyson Jost looks really good. So the more and more opportunities he's going to get, I think uh, you got something here. Of course, Jost moving to the wing instead of the fourth-line center. Nicholas Bukestad. Yeah, I know Nicholas. Nick Bukestad returning with a very tough, very powerful uh, fourth line there. Um, with obviously Dewey, the only Dewey brother on the roster now, Brandon DeHame and DeLorean himself, Mr. DeLorean, no, Mr. Mr. Monster Truck DeLorean out there as well. Kirill Kaprizov scores again. Yep, did Kirill Kaprizov score? Yeah, he scored. Did Kirill Kaprizov score that game? Yeah, he scored that game too. Yeah. <laughs> it's an unbelievable run for Kirill. Uh, it's funny too, no matter how many... No matter how many games uh, he's he musters points, it just kind of stays at the same pace because he isn't he isn't having those four crazy or those crazy four or five point games that she's had in the past or even three points. They're kind of here and there. Um, yeah, because I mean, if you score a point a game, you end up with eighty two. So obviously, eighty two is less than what he already has. That's how remarkable he's been this season. And Zuccarello has been damn remarkable as well, scoring on the power play. That was on a nice pass from guess who? You know, the other guy was passing the coffee cup back and forth with him in the famous commercial now. Uh, <laughs> Kirill Kaprizov, of course, centering pass for uh, Matt's Zuccarillo to finish uh, the play. Zuccarillo, career high already, and he's got 50 assists. That's a career high 71 points for Matt Zuccarillo at age 34. Who says you don't get better with age? 
<laughs> I mean, he's he's like a he's like an imperial stout, isn't he? Matt Zuccarello. He's like an imperial stout. Maybe Kirill Kaprizov is a phenomenal IPA. Just tough, solid. Get just gets gets everything done. Complex, an awesome IPA. With that's about seven seven percent, seven point five percent. One of those, and then Matt Zuccarello is like a, a imperial stout. Or just those sweet passes. Not that Kirill's aren't either. Because uh, Kirill would be like a balanced attack with the bitterness and the sweetness. That's the IPA. The sweetness to balance that out so you're not just, you know, t- so it doesn't taste like you're drinking bark or pine cones or something. Even though I like the piney taste in an IPA. Um, but yeah, Zuccarello, he's like a, uh, trying to think of which one. Maybe like, not like Darkness, but uh, maybe. Maybe he's like Darkness to some people. He's more like one of those KBSs, I'd say, from uh, Founders. Because I think they're actually a little are a little better. Um, he might be the one with, uh, yeah, Zuccarillo might be the one with Hazelnut. He's, yeah, it's <laughs> very enjoyable. Um, Fiala still at 61 points. He didn't have the best week. That's, it's safe to say he didn't, but it, it is what it is. Ryan Hartman, 53 points on the season. Love what he's been doing. Goligoski, excuse me, did I say Goligoski? Marcus Alino playing through injury after injury. Yikes. It's crazy to think. You look at uh, Felino's 110 points. Back in the day, that'd be like, yeah, he's just one of, he's like the fifth or sixth like guy on the team. Fifth or sixth place guy with penalty minutes back in the day. <laughs> Hockey's definitely changed, hasn't it, over the years. So let's keep moving. I'm kind of babbling here. I apologize, even though I'm enjoying myself, obviously, talking about the games here. Carolina game was pretty fun. The Washington game was even more fun. Can't say the Washington Capitals played their best game here. Uh, they were just kind of like lazy. They look lazy out there. They kind of look like Minnesota versus Nashville. Look at me taking shots at the Wild in a 5-1 to one win. But uh, they kind of looked like the Wild versus Nashville in this game. Let's just be honest about it. It's crazy. The Wild only mustered 18 shots in the game. But it was just, they were just, Washington just looked out of position, kind of like meh. They didn't look real interested in this game. But that's fine. Take advantage. Thrash them. Go out and thrash them. And Jules Eriksenek did that in a lot of ways. He had a nice shot on net that ended up going in. And then, of course, the greasy goal. And I keep calling him the grease line. I guess it's the grief line. I keep going back and forth to that. It seems like their name changes every five minutes, or maybe I'm just crazy. Obviously, because I always thought the grief line was when Duhame was with them. That's grief, right? So, I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just crazy, and I apologize. But that's when Duhame would move up. I always heard grease, but maybe I'm just crazy. I'm not hearing things right. So my deep apologies. <clears throat> uh, Marcus Foligno, awesome game. Obviously, nice finish late uh, in the game. To put the wild up, was it 4-0? Uh, Delorier got the fifth goal on an empty netter. That felt great. Tyson Joes, nice play. Obviously, getting the puck and kind of taking advantage of the space he had and release. Uh, awesome. Again, the goaltending could have been better in the Washington side. Uh, Benesek has had better games. Let's just be honest. He's had better games, but the play in front of him wasn't too good either. And go ahead and take advantage. Uh, Tyson Jost finally scoring for Minnesota and with with a goal rather than just assist. So that's nice and deeply appreciated. He does look like there's something there. But again, the production just hasn't <clears throat> showed up yet on the box scores. Uh, 11 games already with only three points. But uh, three total points, only one goal. But obviously he does a lot of intangibles, does Tyson Jost. Uh, very solid defensive player. Just kind of does a lot of things right. That type of thing. And he's only 23, so he has the right to move up and become a better and better player. And it does sound like he's part of the solution, not uh, some kind of a temporary, like, oh, what the hell, give him a shot and see what happens. That type of thing. So, which which is basically what Rem Pidlick was at the end of the day. Oh, what the hell, let's see what happens. <laughs> and he actually played pretty well here, particularly early on. Things quieted down. Tyson Jones has more of a uh, long-term future in Minnesota than uh, Rem Pidlick did. But at least Pidlick's doing very, very, very well with Montreal. <laughs> I mean, you take advantage of the opportunity because, yeah, Montreal is starting all over again after making a cup final just two years ago during the whole bubble. Isn't that weird? Montreal went to the Stanley Cup final. What? <laughs> it just sounds foreign to me. Um, good for them, I guess, at the end of the day. But the Washington game, yeah, I mean, obviously, happy, solid, Fun, fun game. I mean, I. how many times have we been on the other end of this one with Washington? Or say, the Wild play okay, but then Ovechkin, you know, is getting those one-timers, those powerful releases. Uh, I mean, he got a hat-trick all in one-timers against Minnesota a few years back, and it was just like, come on. 
Minnesota was on a hot streak at the time, and then it was like, it's over. Good night. You know, <laughs> that's basically what happened. Ovechkin showed up and killed us. Uh, Ovechkin wound up with an assist on what looked like a goal. It was Garnett Hathaway had tipped it right in front of the net. Former Calgary Flame, of course. I'm sure everybody remembers, right? No, I mean, I, I just know because I pay attention to the Flames. But, uh, yep, Garnett Hathaway was able to tip it in. And, God, Washington, their one little goal. Talbot was like, damn it, anyway, I lost my shutout. Of course, Fleury lost his shutout late against the Carolina Hurricanes. Wish the Wild were able to get a shutout versus the National Predators. Wouldn't that have been great? But that just wasn't the case. Ah, uh, 6-2 to two in Nashville. Yes, the Wild have played, like, not so good in Nashville over the years. We've had some entertaining battles at this club. Usually it's like back and forth. Okay, they win. Okay, we win. Okay, they win. Okay, we win. This year it's just they win, they win, they win, they win. But we'll see. Hopefully it's like, hopefully it turns out where, say, the Toronto uh, Blue Jays dominated the Minnesota Twins when we played each other in 91. And then here came the ALCS and the Twins win in five. Hopefully that's the case of somehow we wind up playing this Nashville club in the postseason, which is a possibility. It's probably going to be St. Louis, but... It's a possibility, and Nashville looked like they were toast. They were done. They're going to end up having to rebuild, and they're not going to have to rebuild. Uh, to be fair, the Wild did put the puck on that quite a few times, but this kind of felt like that was crap. That crappy St. Louis series a couple of years ago, where no matter what we put on that, it's like, yep, yeah, Saros was able to stop it, and the play in front of Mark Andre Fleury just wasn't there. It was kind of like a wide open kind of game, where if the Wild actually were scoring goals, they still would have lost like six to five. It was that kind of night. Like, what the heck, man? <laughs> and then to add another injury, which quote-unquote doesn't look good, according to Dean Evison with Matt Dumba, that's depressing. Again, shoulder, collarbone was just dangling, and that reeks of like a possible break or separation type of situation. Any type of injury up there is not good. So, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Dumba, I don't know, man. It sucks. It sucks. I mean, I... It, the pectoral injury was pretty damning for him. So, obviously, that's not what this injury is. You don't get a pectoral doing what he did there. It's more of like a break or a, a bad bruise. or probably a break. Yeah, might, might be a collarbone when you look at the angle. Kind of got squished. Kind of was getting squished. So, yeah. It's kind of how it was. He ended up hurting. It's just ironic. Oh, it was a heck of a hit. And Matt Dumbo was penalized, which drew the ire of Dean Evison. Um, mm, yeah. It, it drew the ire of Dean Everson, no doubt about it. Uh, still, I uh, yeah, was penalized for interference on the hit, and then Dumba's the one that gets injured on the play. So, it's just go figure. So let's just say it wasn't our night. Uh, Ryan Johansson, who was annoyed and tortured us for years in those stupid, idiotic uh, shootout goals where he was, like, literally not even moving anymore. It was like a mockery. Like, hey, I'm, I'm moving. I'm moving about point zero three miles per hour. I'm moving. It counts. Ugh. And he gets a hat-trick in the game, including the uh, empty netter. That was the game that got the hat-trick, and he got to see things go on the ice. It seemed like everything but hats went on the ice, and I wasn't going to throw any of mine. Those are for the Wildcat one, which has been a few been a few weeks and months now. Uh, overall, nice game for Nashville. Good for them. Yay. <laughs> Yay. That's all i got to say about that. Just uh, kind of a thorough butt-kicking, unfortunately. Great goaltending by Soros. And... Really poor play in front of Mark Andre Fleury. That's just all I gotta say. Uh, you can kind of chalk it up in just a few words. At the end of the day, the Madonna Award winner for this week. Hmm. I, I think I'm gonna still give it to Mark Andre Fleury. I, I was going to give it to him. He was the leading candidate, and I don't think this was his fault. I really don't. He, he you know, could he have been a slightly bit better? Sure. But I mean, come on. If you're gonna pin this one on Mark Andre Fleury, you're crazy. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury will get the Mike Madonna Award winner for the week. Honorable mention to guys like obviously Kirill Kaprizov. He's going to be an honorable mention every week with the way he's been just freaking awesome, outstanding. Zuccarello, guys like that. I'm going to give this week to uh, th this week's James Turner Memorial. I think Fiala. I think he's kind of he's not had the the best week, and, and it's a gentle one. It's not like a, oh my god, you suck. What a horrible week. Obviously, the scoring hasn't been there as much for Fiala. Just this past week, I'm sure it's going to come right back. Um, but also, again, the turnovers and some of the, you know, staying on the ice, stuff like that. That kind of bothers me. And then the injury bug itself, that's kind of a, a lame excuse. But, yeah, we'll give it to that, too. But uh, Fiala's going to share it, but more more so to him because he's an actual player. 
for the James Shepard Memorial. With that, we'll take a quick break and return for previewing three games. Segment number two, let's preview a couple games, A, or at least three of them. Get to open things up with the best team in the league, baby. No, not really. They felt like the best team in the league versus us last year. Possible playoff preview. We'll see. I, I don't know. Uh, Ville Husso, Husso, I'm probably mispronouncing that as well, because I mispronounce everything. Uh, Jordan Bennington and Husso both have two shutouts on the year, but Bennington's definitely been the far inferior goalie on the season. Save percentage about 90. Goals against average, 3.25. Husso, 2.41. Goals against average, very good. Very good season for him. 20-6 and six on the season. Bennington is 500. 13-13, and that's when St. Louis wasn't playing as well. Bad Vlad Tarasenko has returned, and he's played in every game, and he's been great. Slowed down a little bit. He was on fire earlier in the season. But he's certainly playing fantastic hockey. Not as good as Kirill Kaprizov. As there was a time we were talking about, yeah, we're hoping Kirill Kaprizov can at least be a Tarasenko. You know, that'd be awesome. I mean, if, if Kirill Kaprizov becomes a Tarasenko, he'll be like the best player we ever had, pretty much. Especially if he stays healthy. But Gabrick couldn't, and Tarasenko hasn't most of the time. Though he is finally doing so now. Oh, 25 goals. It feels like he should have more, doesn't it? 61 points in 62 games. Still a great season. On pace for about 80. Jordan Cairo has been fantastic with 40 assists on the season. To go along with his 22 goals, 62 points. He's a plus eight. Tarasenko's a minus one. What's up with that? <laughs> Pavel Buknovic uh, with uh, 57 points. He's a 17 on the season. Justin Falk is a 31, plus 31 on the season. So some St. Louis players way up there. Others a bit further down. But a lot of talent. Uh, the ancient one, Marco Scandella. He's now, he's now considered ancient in my book. Uh, 2008 draft. This would be a youngster to me, but yeah. Um, he's been, well, he's, he's there. He's there, and he's kind of stay at home, and he's a third-pair type of guy. He, there was a time he was thought of as a one- or two-pair. Once upon a time in the Minnesota days, obviously, when he was coming up in the system. 13 points in 58 games. He's just, he's solid. He's solid, and that's about it. Uh, guy that people talked about, hopefully the Wild could acquire him in the, uh, in the trade deadline. It'd be cool to get him back. To actually finally play for the Wild after all these years. Nick Letty, 2009 first-round pick, who never played for Minnesota, was dealt in the infamous Chicago trade for Cam Barker. Kim Janssen, not Johnson, Janssen, Janssen, damn it. He's got four points for St. Louis in the eight games he's been there, finally leaving the Islanders. Uh, actually, he was on Detroit, pardon me. Uh, he left the Islanders last year. James Neal, who's been all over the place, he's on St. Louis now. He's got four points in 19 games. Ooh. He's been all over the place. I don't know why I'm even bringing him up. Braden Shen, who's been generally the best player most of the time. He's missed a number of games this season. Ryan O'Reilly's numbers have been way down. He's only at 46 points. as He's been a consistent leader of this club. He is the captain. And he was the main guy for them winning the cup. He ended up getting the Smythe Trophy, despite Jordan Bennington being the miracle between the pipes, basically, leading St. Louis to a cup. Don't think they're going to win it this year, and a lot of people would hope would favor St. Louis versus Nashville. Last year, it was like, oh no, I do not want to play the freaking St. Louis Blues. We're going to lose in five games. Yeah, well, we played Vegas and lost in seven. Man, almost lost in five, but lost in seven after kicking their butt for a couple of games to come back. I think the Wild would beat St. Louis in five or six games, I think. I'm not 100% sure, 100% comfortable about this matchup necessarily. Going into the playoffs, it's, it's a ways off. We're going to play in the Enterprise Center without Jean-Luc Picard. Uh, will Matt Boldy play in this game? Hopefully. John Merrill just might. Uh, both of them may return, quite possibly. And we're going to need John Merrill as soon as possible because there is no Matt Dumba. Maybe you call up Kalen Addison. Otherwise, Jordy Ben returns to the lineup, who's the eighth best defenseman out of the eight guys we have. Minnesota did lose earlier this season, so we're continuing to lose overall to St. Louis. They are 4-1 and one in their last five. We lost 6-4 to four earlier in this series, and both games are on the road. April 8th? I can't believe it's April 8th already, the next game, Friday. Wow. 
Hmm. Wow, today's April 6th, of course. Wow, April 8th already. Damn. Uh, St. Louis again, like I said, 4-1 and one in their last five. They beat Vancouver 4-1. Vancouver again, 4-3. Lost in Edmonton 6-5. Beat Calgary 6-4. Impressive. And beat Arizona 5-1. Um, I want to believe the Wild are going to win this one, but this could be a really rough week. This could be a damn rough week. Wild may end up going 1-2 and two in this one. Uh, I'm hoping and praying the Wild do not get swept by this Blues club. And I'm going to step out in faith and believe for a victory in this one. 3-2, to 4-3, to three, something along those lines. Most likely got a score in the game. We'll go with uh, Kevin Fiala, since I just gave him a hard time. <laughs> I think Kevin Fiala will get goal number 24 in the Wild. Defeat the Blues, believe it or not, which is kind of, again, stepping out in faith. It might be, like, not really a good... Might not be the best prediction ever. Uh, these are winnable games. Like teams like the Los Angeles Kings, they're beatable. But the Wild have sucked against the Kings. The Wild have sucked against St. Louis. And the Wild have had success against Edmonton. So there's hope somewhere down the line. And yeah, it's head in the right direction here. LA Kings. This is one of those afternoon games. Again, an excellent center. Another afternoon game. Blake Lizotte, undisclosed injury. Matt Roy, a lower body as of March the 12th, Dustin Brown missed your elbow to the face of, or forehead of of uh, Jason Pominville. I'm still not bitter about that though. <sighs> yeah, a little bit. Um, I forgot to look at St. Louis's stats really quick. Not stats, but they're, yeah, they're kind of their team numbers really, really fast. I apologize. Going to backtrack. They're fifth in goals, ninth in goals against. They have the number three power play and the number six penalty kill. And they're really good at staying out of the uh, out of the box. They're fifth in the league at staying out of the box. So, lots of good, solid intangibles for the St. Louis Blues. So watch out. Oh, why did I go to this one? Wrong California team. I missed by a week there. Los Angeles Kings. They're 19th in goals. Yeah, they're kind of a they're more of a grease greasy team, grinded team, grief team, whatever you want to call it. 13th in goals. They're they're good at staying out of the box. They're fourth. Uh, penalty kills 22nd. Power plays 28th. So. A beatable team, no doubt about it. The series is tied one to one. The Wild did win earlier in the year in LA, lost in LA later on two to one. Great performance by Jonathan Quick. Awesome game. You know, I'm going to pick the Wild to lose to St. Louis, and I'm going to have the Wild beat the Kings. I'm going to switch that up. I, I don't think the Wild beat the, the uh, LA. I don't think the Wild beat the St. Louis Blues. I'm going to switch the score to three to two, but it will stay Kevin Fiala. Um. God, I hate that woman upstairs. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> L.A. Kings. <laughs> she drives me nuts. Um, L.A. Kings. Minnesota Wild. I do think the Wild can win this one. Kirill Kaprizov is the thrill. He always scores against the Kings, or at least he, he does sometimes. Kings are 2-3 and three in their last five. Seattle. God, they lost 6-1 to one to Seattle. They beat. They lost Edmonton 4-3. to three, Beat Calgary 3-2. to two. What's up with Calgary losing all of a sudden? Huh. And then they beat Winnipeg 3-1 to one in Winnipeg. And the Kings lost to Calgary. No surprise, April the 4th. The Wilds should be able to win this game. They've been low scoring. Let's go with a 3-2 win for Minnesota. 3-2, 4-2 win. Maybe an empty netter. Kirill the Thrill will score the goal. And I will score a goal out of one of them. And the Wild end up winning the game. As we now play the Edmonton Oilers. Obviously top-heavy club. Goaltending has been a mess forever. You know... And, but it's not always the goaltender's fault. Sometimes the play in front of the goalies as well. It's just nothing to brag about at all. They're sixth in goals. The Wild are fourth, to be fair. Uh, the fourth best power play in the league. Earlier in the new year, they were number one. Penalty kills 21st. The Wild's 24. That feels like we're like 30th or whatever <laughs> during the course of uh, the last couple games here. Minnesota's been phenomenal against Edmonton this year, putting the puck, putting the puck in the net and all that good stuff. Guys like Drysdale and... Uh, Connor McDavid are insanely good. Talk about 100-point seasons, they're already there. So, na-na-na, boo-boo. Kirill, you got a ways to go to catch up to us. Yeah, but you're not winning that much. You're winning sometimes. I'm glad they're going to be in the playoffs, at least. It's good for the NHL. Connor McDavid, 106 points on the season. 41 goals, 65 assists. He's a plus 22. Leon Dreisaitl, 50 goals, 51 assists. Trying to think of who Leon Dreisaitl reminds me of. Because you can't say Green Gretzky with Conor McDavid. You just, you just can't. They're different. They're just different. Uh, they have been playing really well lately, to be fair. So they're moving in the right direction. Good for them. 
I still say Darnold Nurse is not worth nine freaking million a year. Thanks very much for overpricing things for other players, for uh, you know, just screwing things up here. Where Kirill Kaprizov is going to want thirteen million in the next couple of years. Just, just you watch. <laughs> Thanks, Darnell. <laughs> Seriously, um, who does who does Drysdale remind me of? I can't remember. I don't know. I mean, there's no. It's like uh, you want to say Lemieux, and it's like no. It's like someone else. I don't know. I'm, my comparisons have been stupid, so I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Duncan Keys is still playing, 19 assists. I'll say like somebody like Cam Neely, and they'll be like, uh, no, Cam Neely was completely different. It's like, I'm sure he was. <laughs> I'm sure he was. He probably was. And I liked Cam Neely, and he was a 50-goal guy. Hall was a 50-goal guy, guys like that. But, of course, they, you know, Hull was a winger, so it's a different player than Drysdale completely. Edmonton's 5-0 and in their last five, though. They've been great in that category. Yep, six to one win over Arizona, four to three win over Los Angeles, six to five over St. Louis, six one in in Anaheim, and six one in, or two to one in San Jose. Edmonton Oilers, way way up there now. Good for them. Want to look at where they actually stand here? Yeah, second place in the Pacific with eighty seven points. They're only four points behind Minnesota, but two more games played already. LA has three more games played than Minnesota. All of them are in uh, division leader category when it comes to the postseason. Nashville and Dallas are competing with the Vegas Golden Knights with only one point behind Dallas. But uh, Vegas has played two more games than Dallas, and Winnipeg has got 76 points. They're kind of a dark horse to make it, but you never know. Edmonton should make it at this stage. They should. They're winning games. I mean, good for them. They made a coaching change earlier in the year, which was unfortunate for uh, Tippett because I'm a big fan, but it is what it is. Edmonton, Minnesota. <laughs> I I don't know. I'm not all that comfortable with this one anymore because Edmonton was kind of a mess. They're playing like crap. This one is in Exxon Energy Center on Tuesday at seven o'clock. Tuesday the twelfth. <sighs> so again, I have the Wild losing to St. Louis, beating LA. I think the Wild can finish the sweep with versus Edmonton. I'm again, this is where I'm stepping on in faith more so rather than St. Louis. I think the Wild get the job done. Final score of it's going to be an entertaining. 5-3 to three type of game, but Minnesota ends up winning. Most likely got to score in this one. Well, it ain't going to be Dumba, unfortunately. So, I'm thinking along the likes of if he's back, Matt Boldy is going to put one between the pipes. I think Matt Boldy gets the job done. If he's back, otherwise Ryan Hartman and the Wild end up get the job done versus Edmonton. Let's look at prospects a bit, if humanly possible. And as per usual, we're going to open things up with the Iowa Wild, which uh, finally had a good game. They've actually had a couple of good games in a row, to be fair, which is nice. And some of the young guys finally getting something done. Rossi had been on a bit of a drought. He had three points last night in a 6-1 win yesterday versus the Tucson Warriors. Pretty cool. Warriors. Roadrunners. Tucson Roadrunners. Kyle Rowe had a hat trick. He's almost at a point a game. But again, he's a quad-A type of player from Eden Prairie, Minnesota at age 28 and former golfer player during a... I believe he was on the last team to get to the uh, championship game. I'm pretty sure he was on that team. 99% sure. I'll go check very briefly. Yes, he was. He was a junior, and he had 40 points that year. 13-14 Minnesota Gophers. Yep, because it's eight years ago. So 28 years of age, he was on that club, along with Mike Riley and others, where that team just couldn't move the puck out of the freaking zone in the wild. And it, or I keep calling them the wild. The Gophers ended up losing. Uh, Adam Beckman's been kind of chipping away. Kalen Addison, he has been really consistent. He's been probably the most consistent player, particularly from defenseman spot, for the last two or three weeks now for the Iowa Wild. He's got 27 points in 32 games. He's been really nice. About uh, He had two points yesterday. So much for Joe Hicketts. He, God, he had like 25 points right away, and he's still at 25 points. I'm just kind of exaggerating. Connor DeWare's been wonderful since returning to the AHL. Uh, it's like he's I'd say he, yeah, he's like a star at the AHL level and a nice fourth liner in the NHL, but can't finish yet, unfortunately. But Tyson Jones is kind of about the same, unfortunately. But uh, that's where Connor DeWare is right now, is in the AHL after coming up pretty early in the season. And good for him. But uh, we're just going to have to wait and see how Connor DeWare continues in the AHL. But he would actually be the best player right now. And he is in all, every situation. Like we keep saying, penalty kill, power play, top line. He is probably the MVP of the uh, Iowa Wild, other than Marco Rossi. 
Uh, Mason Shaw has been very solid. He had three points yesterday. He's now at 40 on the season. Two points, pardon me. He was able to get uh, an assist on Marco Rossi's 17th goal. Look for him. There's a Rossi's, Marco Rossi, pardon me, scoring late in the game. 48 total points to lead the way. Adam Beckman at 30. Mitchell Chavi at 33. But nice little hat trick for uh, Kyle Rao. But also good to see some of the prospects, like Connor DeWer, factor in the scoring. And nice game by McIntyre again. Nice Zane McIntyre, two and a half goals a game, basically. Save percentage about 91 and a half. Um, also, very important note is Vladislav, first off, in the in the uh, the loss, unfortunately, earlier, uh, five to three loss, a couple days back, I believe it was last Saturday, had two assists in the game. So he's now played in four games for the Iowa Wild already, already four games for first off, and he had two assists in that game. So two assists so far in the four games he has been in the AHL. Let us love first off of Connecticut and a second round pick just a couple of years ago. Good job at age 20. Welcome to the AHL, my friend. <laughs> already was in North America, so that was good. Um, Pavel Novak was the player of the week, according to MNW Prospect slash uh, Young Guns. Awesome. Awesome week for Pavel Novak. Um, he's now got 60, 67 points in 57 games, with 27 of them being goals. He had a four-point week. Pavel Novak, awesome job. Four points in three games. Good for him. Be able to make 100% sure that I'm saying that correctly, because I know I have it listed in the Twitter account. Nope, three three points in two games. Two goals. No, five points in two games. Two goals, three assists. Awesome job. Pavel Novak, pardon my ignorance there. As I thought his numbers had shot up pretty high there in a very short amount of time. But uh, really good job. Damon Hunt, again, probably my favorite defenseman in the system other than Lambos. <laughs> uh, man, have you been hearing police sirens off and on, off and on since late last night? I don't know what's going on. Jeez, <laughs> I don't know. He's like an infamous arson all over the place. I don't know. I'm just kidding. 39 points in 46 games. Still 17 goals for the Moose Jaw captain there. Ryan O'Rourke, the Sioux Greyhounds captain, reached 40 points for the first time. Good job. He had 37 last year in 54 games. So far in 47, he's now at 40. So nice to see some progress for the 19-year-old captain of the Sioux Greyhounds, Ryan O'Rourke, and future Valuable, valuable piece for Minnesota uh, on the left side, unless he gets traded for whatever reason, which could happen. Nate Benoit, Mr. I score a point every blue moon or so. 13 games now for the Omaha Lancers, where my aunt and uncle used to live around <laughs> around there for a, little, for a short time. Uh, even gave me a shirt way, way back in the early 90s. <laughs> Omaha Lancers, U.S. Hockey League, zero points in 13 games for Nate Benoit. Josh Pilar, well, he he, <laughs> he went from four points to six, so at least he got two points in two games this past week. Good job, Josh. Let's get things going a little bit in the better direction here. Added a goal and an assist here. Good for him. Hey, it's, it's progress. After a crummy start for the Saskatoon Blades of the WHL after, you know, doing well for Kamloops and then slowing down during the course of the season. Kyle Mostas, I love saying it that way. He's a right shot defense, and it would definitely be a third pair because he's a stay-at-home type of guy. But a 28, plus 28 on the season, only 14 points in 61 games. Van Kier, again, former teammate of Josh Pilar. His numbers have been just kind of, he's just been kind of trudging along after a really strong start to the season. Both of them actually are on a much lower pace than last season. Kadian Van Kier and uh, Josh Pilar. Jack Purd, of course, season's over. They got eliminated. Carson Lambos, that was, of course, St. Cloud State. Carson Lambos, not 43 points. He keeps tacking on those numbers for the Winnipeg guys. 10 goals now on the season. Good job. Makes the double-digit number and 33 assists. He is a plus 37 on the season for Mr. Winnipeg himself. He's from Winnipeg. He plays for the Winnipeg Ice. Just don't go to the Jets, please. <laughs> and Jasper Wallstedt. Yeah. Yep, season is over already, so we'll move on from there. Um, obviously a nice season, about two goals a game overall. Um, yep, all the other college players, of course, their season's over, so we're not going to get to that. Check on Jack McBain. What the hell? Nothing. So, no AHL, no NHL. Woohoo. <laughs> Yay. Yay. I'm very happy for Jack McBain. He probably would have skated for Minnesota. Very possible. But, well, okay. You don't want to be here, so good luck. Uh, no. No. Uh, no. He wants to go. He can go. We're here to bleep and win. 
<laughs> kind of like Bill Guerin. Kind of sounds like him a little bit. Well, obviously no games were played in the NCAA tournament because they make you wait two freaking weeks because they have to. They, they, they don't want to compete with the, the basketball one now, even though it's boring as North Carolina and Kansas. Ooh, I'm so excited to see those two teams play. Give me a break. I'd take Duke and Villanova any day over those guys. But, of course, it always goes the wrong way. Hopefully it won't go the wrong way in the Final Four as tomorrow's the big day for the Minnesota Gophers and, of course, Michigan and Denver. Uh, that game is at 4 o'clock. Michigan-Denver is at 4 o'clock. Two teams that have won a bajillion uh, national championships. They are way up there, like nine each, basically, which is insane. Uh, Denver's are more recent. Some of them are way, way back, and most of Michigan's are way back in the 60s. So, But they've had a few, like late 90s and early 2000s, or mid-2000s, pardon me. I believe 2007 is Michigan's last. Denver won just a few years back, and so I'm sick of them. Uh, Gophers haven't won since 20, no, 2003. We have five national championships on it all. We had the back-to-back 02 and 03, which was wonderful. Minnesota State, no national championships, but they sure talk a big game, don't they? Uh, at least the fan base does. They got their, they, you'd think they have seven already, but, and that we're, we're the far inferior uh, program historically, but we'll see. Um, we'll see. I'll, I'll cheer for either Minnesota team because I loathe Michigan and Denver. I don't want them to win anything. Go away. Just go away. So definitely Minnesota or Minnesota, but highly prefer the Gophers over the Minnesota State Mankato Mavericks. Highly prefer, but good luck, Sebastian. Uh, Mr. Blackspace999, if your club does indeed beat the Gophers again. <laughs> I expect a very low-scoring 2-1 to type of game. I do think the Gophers win. I like the way they've been playing, but anybody picking Minnesota State in this game, I'm not going to look at you and sneer, because how could I possibly do that? They were the number one team in the country. So, And Michigan and Denver is a terrifying, terrifying matchup. Either way, uh, for either for either Minnesota team and Min- either Minnesota team, I think is a terrifying matchup for Michigan or Denver. So all three, all four teams belong where they are. With that, we'll take a quick break and get to fan interaction. back here on Brave the Wild. Fan interaction, that's the final segment, but it's always a lot of fun and really appreciate those of you that get involved with it. First of all, though, please download the Vigit app, the Vigit app on Android and Apple devices. I almost said Android and Google. That would have made a lot of sense, right? (laughs) But yeah, it's basically like a fantasy betting app. Social media for sports bettors. You can post about your picks, see what others are saying about games. Vigit Betting League is a month-long Betting competition to see who the best sports better is over the course of a month. Free-to-play sports book, bet-free coins, win real prizes, betting stats. Great information available on the Vigit Lakeline movement where the public is betting. Also, should note that this is not real money wagering. It is fantasy betting, so you're kind of competing against everybody. And, of course, during these, these races late in the season. It is definitely uh, a lot of fun to keep up with. Also, highly recommend the... the heck? Trying to recommend the... Um, Crypto.com app. That's also for Android and Apple devices. I'm sure you probably figured that already. You can trade cryptocurrency on there. Uh, for Vigit, the referral uh, the referral name is in the show description. It's Paladino Live when they ask who referred you. And for the Vigit, uh, for the Crypto.com one, there's a link there which will show that I referred you. They'll put $25 in your account and it'll help this show out. Yep, always fun to look at these cryptos like Shiba Inu, Dogelon Mars. Bitcoin, obviously, Dogecoin, all those are what they are. Unfortunately, a lot of them are down today, but of course that could be a good buying position for some people, which is how it always works. Otherwise, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild is the Twitter account. Really appreciate all of you that jump on board there. I talked about the points already. I was saying all the newest episode likely were recorded and released on Wednesday because I'm busy on Thursday. Here it is. Derek Falska says, Does the Minnesota Wild latest road trip inspire a few questions? Ask Brave the Wild and tag your questions. Hashtag BDWMN. Yep. Uh, ask as many as you wish. And yep, thank you guys that have. And thank you that retweeted that also. Looks like there's some comments on that one. I'm going to see what's being said there. That way that gets uh, on the show. 
Okay, there's actually ones that are hashtagged, so okay, so that'll prevent confusion. Derek Felska says that basically that Isha, Isha Jerome's in town. He's the host and produce. Uh, yeah, he's he's the host of the sports. Uh, what am I talking about? The soda pod. <laughs> he's coming in from Vancouver. He's in town. Where would you suggest he go for a beer or something delicious to eat? Oh, boy. Well, I mean, uh, Murray's Steakhouse is a classic, but they're, they're not as good as they used to be. That's the crappy part. Uh, it depends on how much he wants to spend, I suppose, because obviously traveling is not cheap to begin with. Benihana's is a lot of fun. Um, that's if you want some Japanese hibachi. Uh, obviously, they have that, you know, Japanese beer, Sapporo and others. Uh, sake, stuff like that. Um, man. Uh, uh, I'm not so super knowledgeable on, exp on expensive restaurants, unfortunately. That's the one thing. But places like that, obviously Manny's Steakhouse, kind of depends on your mood, to be quite honest. A lot of the places that I really liked magically have disappeared. Like Cafe Dinopoli, it was the best Italian restaurant ever. They're gone. Um, even locally here in Golden Valley, Piazza's, gone. So it's like that figures. Um, I would have highly recommended those because they had the best manicotti ever. And I don't know where to get manicotti anymore. Unless it's some mediocre thing, and it just hasn't worked out for me, unfortunately. But it's not about me, it's about Isha. Hope you have a wonderful time here in Minnesota. Really, I uh, just want to say welcome. Otherwise, again, I apologize. My knowledge isn't as good as other people's. That's what happens when you work second shift. So, about dinner, uh, dinner and all that. Uh, Jay Bushy says, who's the better matchup for the Wild, the Blues or the Predators? Neither. No, <laughs> I, I guess the Blues right now, because the, the Predators seem to be killing us, and Soros is a damn good goalie. Uh, Isha, there he is, says uh, Blues. Soros is a god. <laughs> Sarcastic Irishman response says, uh, responds with, I, I would think the Blues. I like the way we are so physical and skilled now. Blues can't match our physical respect uh, aspect, pardon me. See, that's the difference maker, I think. Our Nashville still beat us 6-2 to two again. The Blues did beat us earlier in the year, but again, they were beating us up, too. And they've been known to beat us up, and now we can beat them up in return. So, I will go with the Blues. Uh, I think the Wilds could win a series against the Blues in six or seven. I might have to take that. It is what it is. You gotta win a series one way or the other. Derek Felska says, former pest slash tough guy Tyson Nash has doubled down in his comments after Jay Beagle went after Troy Terry during the game, where the Coyotes took offense to what Nash called showboating by the Anaheim Ducks, who pulled off another Mike Leg, Mike Leg goal. Is he nuts? Um, mm, somewhat. <laughs> no, I mean, not really. I, I'm not a huge fan of showboating. I'm a little bit more old school that way. So, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of some of that. Uh, it kind of depends on what, where you're coming from, I suppose. A younger generation wants the, wants more of that, you know, action or whatever, sellies and all that, uh, and all that. It, it kind of depends. So, I would say he's not nuts at the end of the day. Uh, it's kind of like a whatever floats your boat, whatever bothers you, I understand, because a lot of things do a lot of things do bother me when it comes to some of the over-celebration. It can drive me nuts at times as well. Um, so, I'll say he's not nuts. Uh, Brian Herrera, maybe you think I am. <laughs> maybe maybe people think I am now. Brian Herrera says, I wasn't at first on board with the flurry trade since I wasn't sure if his season was natural regression or just a bad team. Glad to see it was wrong. Yeah, that looks like it was a bad team. How many more games will the Flowers steal for us this year? Maybe a few more here. Unfortunately, wasn't able to do that last night because it was just a bad game overall. Like, we were the Blackhawks last night. I mean, we, we were the Blackhawks last night. We were not good. We, we put shots on that, but then it was just too wide open. We just got our butts handed to us over and over. And injuries don't help either. It's driving me nuts. Um, Derek Felska says, What non-hockey athlete do you think would make a terrific hockey player had they put their mind to it? Who would you like to see have tried it out? I've always imagined some funny ones like a Michael Jordan. <laughs> Michael Jordan playing for the Blackhawks and putting in great goals. I bet he could have. I bet he could have been great. Um, I bet he could have, honestly, because of the, the competitiveness and such. Um, obviously, he would have been kind of a skinny guy, but he put on some muscle later in his career when he played baseball and was, you know, power hitting some hitting for a little bit of, little bit of power later on. He was a better outfielder than a hitter, though, <laughs> because of his, you know, ability, you know, to, to track the ball and his quickness and everything, or his speed overall and quickness. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. 
because my, my imagination is always bouncing around with that, and now I'm blanking, which is annoying. Um, I think LeBron James, absolutely, yeah. I mean, look how he's built. LeBron James could have, I think, could have been a really good hockey player. That's one I've actually thought of in the past. Um, that, he's probably the top one, at least, you know, like for, like, say, the basketball world. Football is kind of hard to say. Baseball, of course, you know, some guys, some of them did play hockey, like Justin Morneau, uh, guys like that. There were some there were some others, but Morneau for surely did. I think he was a goalie, though. Um, I'm going to go with LeBron James, because obviously it's a huge name. And I think he would have had the smarts and all that ability and toughness to have been a good hockey player, though, then maybe not. <laughs> maybe he would have been hurt all the time. That's the thing with those NBA players. Like my, that's where Michael would have been uh, a good fit because he would have probably been able to handle like some toughness more than LeBron, believe it or not. And I think he would have been spectacular. So going way, way at the top there with Jordan and LeBron. Jay Bushy says, "Does the Goose resigning predicate a possible Dumba trade this offseason? Possibly. Yep, Goose isn't Goligoski, right? Um, not Moose, but Goose. Very possible." Very possible. Um, it, you're committing $2 million again. Uh, and it, it just it depends on the whole Fiala situation. I think talk with Russo is that Fiala is probably going to get traded. That's like coming from Russo, but nobody's 100% sure. He's not 100% sure because Bill Guerin doesn't show his hand, and why would he? Um, it's possible. It's quite possible, and obviously if I'm in the wild, I find a way to keep Fiala more than I find a way to keep Dumba. Uh, even though Dumba's got some nice intangibles, Fiala is one of those special skills kind of guys that are almost impossible to replace. There was a time I saw Dumba as a special skills guy, and I haven't seen it for about three years now, to be quite fair. Derek says, Derek Felska, at Crease and Assist, by the way, writes for uh, the Sports Daily. At Crease and Assist, he writes the reviews. His wife, Teresa Ferries, writes the previews, as I have failed to mention that the last couple of shows, and I apologize, um, or at least last show. We talked about it when he was on two shows ago. Great, great time. Uh, doing the show with you, Derek. That was awesome. I'm sorry that the audio on my side wasn't as good as it should have been. That was my own fault. Uh, Derek says, do you think Matt Boldy will come back in time to be able to join the Minnesota Wild 20 goal club with six members? Yeah, because Wild have six players with 20 goals this year. It's just freaking awesome. Or isn't there enough time as he has only 12? Uh, yeah, I don't think there's enough time. I'd like to believe he could. But it seems like he's kind of like caprice off at the beginning of last year. He's kind of still in that stage where he's passing more than shooting, and that's fine if Fiala ends up uh, take uh, ends up being the uh, more the recipient of goals rather than Boldy the recipient of great passes for goals. Uh, they both set each other up nicely. Sounds like Boldy's going to return very soon. It's not as serious as say you know like Dumba and such, um, and potentially John Merrill. Uh, but I say he does not. I think he winds up with 15. That's my random guess. 15 goals, which is still fine, but unfortunately not color-worthy. At the end of the day, sar sarcastic Irishman. Okay, yep, I already read that one. Yep, about the, uh, he thinks the Blues, they're, yep. He likes how we're more physical and skilled now, and that's really nice, and I agree with that 100%. Brian jumps back in and says, since Felino arrived, he has improved every season with us. And more so in the last two years, that's for sure. From a fourth-line grinder who could be scratched. Yeah, I remember how mediocre he was at the beginning to leading the top shutdown line in the NHL with a scoring touch. Yeah, he got his 20th goal, didn't he? How impressed have you been with his growth on this team? Insanely impressed. Uh, insanely impressed, and he's the kind of guy I hope wears a wild jersey as long as possible. You know, eventually there could come a time where he gets so broken down that he, he just, you know, he wants to keep playing, but he's, you know, that uh, Bill Guerin does a Bill Belichick, where it's just, I'm sorry, we love you, but it's time to move on. So, but hopefully that's not for many, many years to come. I hope he can, with with his style of play, I, I hope he can last quite a while yet. Uh, absolutely love Marcus Foligno. I'm so impressed. Um, he's so valuable. He's not a star, but he is well-deserved to be a top six type of guy. Top six or top or middle six, whatever it is but well-deserved. Uh, Jay Bushy comes back and says, Last night I barely heard Wilson's name. Yep, Tom Wilson. Does D'Lo's presence in the lineup make that much difference? I guess so. Um, <laughs> I guess so. That would be uh, Mr. DeLorean there. I guess so. I, I hope so. If that's the case, I mean, that's extremely impressive. And it does seem like people have really backed off. 
you're not seeing a whole lot of uh, shoving Kirill Kaprizov and cheap shots like you saw earlier in the year, even super recently versus Colorado. That was, you know, and that was just a, a dumb, dumb play by uh, by by Taves um, when uh, Kirill Kaprizov had already scored the goal, and he wasn't showboarding or anything. He just had scored. So to cross-check him after that was pretty dumb. Brian Herrera says, since you're a Final Fantasy fan, yes, in the cartridge era, not so much in the CDs and beyond. <laughs> yep, I'm super old school. But back to where I was, since you're a Final Fantasy fan, have you watched the movie? Yes, I have, the Advent Children one, right? If so, what did you think of it? I thought the story was good, but lacked the charm the games have. I agree. Uh, and didn't have any chocobos in it. Um, yep, Advent Children... You know, it was kind of more of a sci-fi than a Final Fantasy. And I do think sci it's like sci-final sci fantasy now, basically. <laughs> it's a science Final Fantasy now. That's pretty much what it is, or sci-fantasy instead of Final Fantasy. That's what people have called them over the years. So it did have more of that aspect to it. You know, there was no classic Final Fantasy really to... FF7 was really the beginning of all that sci-fantasy, basically, instead of... Uh, you know, Final Fantasy. That's the one complaint I had. But yeah, the story was good. The music was awesome. Um, and Sephiroth, you know, it was cool to see Sephiroth, if I'm saying his name correctly. I've, if I have, if I'm not, I've been saying it incorrectly for 25 years now. Um, coolest character ever. Obviously, he's the bad guy. Uh, very, very well done movie, to be quite fair. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the games were better. Yes, no, no doubt about that. But Still, well, well done. Uh, yep. Derek shared Isha's comment. Yep, and I, I read that one. But, yep, thank you, Derek, for doing that. Um, yep, they were talking about, uh, Michael Russo was saying, Everson is in a glum tone, says it does not look good with Dumba. I believe there was one response mixed in there. Oh, a couple. Yep, Craig Graves says collarbone, isn't it? Or maybe dislocated shoulder. It's definitely one of those two. And Derek responds saying, either one would take him out for the rest of the season. Looks like a separated shoulder to me, and that could be right. Arm sort of just hanging there after they hit. Yep, that means like no, able to, like not even able to move it until it's put back in place. One time I almost had my shoulder separated as I was pushing uh, a heavy mower onto the cart. I could feel it move, but I, but I was able to stop before it kept moving. It was pretty scary. I was like, okay, yeah. And I didn't even tell anybody about it either. And then I shared the Pavel Novak. Uh, two games, two goals, three assists. Awesome week for Pavel Novak of the Kelowna Rockets of the WHL. Huge shout-out to Minnesota Young Guns, MNW Young Guns, hash, uh, and then it's at MNW Prospects on Twitter. Major, major shout-out. Of course, they're on Facebook as well. Awesome logo. Always want to thank Pavel Manette, who did such a great job. Uh, with my logo, you notice there's similarities there between uh, Brave the Wild and Young Guns. When I saw the color scheme and how they set that up, I was like, oh my god, Pablo, is there any chance in a million you could do that for my for my uh, new show logo? And he did, and did a great job out of uh, Chechia. And Pablo Novak, same thing, Chechia there. Um, awesome players. Awesome player, and wishing him the best. Can't wait to see what Pablo Novak can do heading into the AHL and beyond. Because uh, there's something there. It looks like a wonderful fifth-round pick. Um, we've had a we, we we've seen a fifth round pick workout before in Minnesota. Can't think of his name. I'm trying to remember. He was taken in the 2015 draft. Oh, Kirill Kaprizov. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know. I'm just playing. But uh, really looking forward to what Pavel Novak can do at the next level because clearly he's mastering the WHL. And we'll see. We'll see. I, I think there's more beyond WHL for Novak. For the for with success. With that said, I've talked about Crypto.com. I've talked about which is an app. I think there is a website now, but it's mostly an app. Uh, Vigit, the uh, referral the referral name is Paladino Live, all one word. All that will be in the show description. Call into the show if you like. Don't be afraid to call in, and please do keep interacting on Twitter with the hashtag BTWMN. That way I can have everything organized, and it just feels so nice to, to do that. Always thank Derek for sharing the show, uh, putting out the bat signal, as we call it. Just awesome guy. Thank you, Derek. Uh, Minnesota Wild Global, big shout-out to that Facebook page. Scott Cavendish, Chad Walski, David Kostick, Chance Kostick, David Abraham, um, Kathy Main, Michael Fick, people like that. Really love that page. Lots of fun to interact there. Uh, again, MN Young Guns is Pablo Bonnet. He's like the founder. Yep, he's the founder of it. 
Justin Bakke of the uh, Sound the Foghorn podcast is a big, big, huge part of it. Brandon Quast, huge, huge part of it. Uh, Chad Walski's been on it as well. Really, really appreciate what you guys do. You do such a great job uh, at the end of the day. With that said, please do call into the show, though, an audio submission. All you got to do is open up your smart device. There are free voice recording apps all over the world of Apple and, and Android. Just open it up. Usually there's one built right into your smart device. Just open it up, press record, treat it like a phone call, hit stop, share it, and then email it to, uh, yep, uh, save it, and then email it slash share it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. I would then convert it into an MP3 file thanks to zumzar.com. Always appreciate it. Please write a positive rating for Brave the Wild out there if you could on, see, Apple Podcasts can do it, Stitcher can do it, Audible can do it, and I believe Spotify does star ratings. So those of you that have, thank you so much. And anybody that can in the future, thank you in advance. With that said, have a wonderful week. Hope the Minnesota Wild can survive these tough games coming up. (laughs) 